Hi, this is Jasmine Dennis, and I'm the newest member of the Freestyle Club. Warning. 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 The Freestyle Club contains adult language. It is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This is Freestyle Club. With your hosts, the unknown admin, Rafael Reyes, and CPR, Jose Ortiz. Welcome. Welcome to this week's edition of the Freestyle Club. My name is CPR Jose Ortiz, and I'm being joined by the unknown admin, Rafael Reyes. What's good, you bastard? Every week, it gets a little longer and longer and longer. And in the 44th week, you're going to sound like Suave's crying over you. That part where he says, you weren't worth my time. And joining us this week, Jasmine Dennis. Thank you for joining us on the Freestyle Club. Thank you for having me, Jose. I, I'm so honored to be here. I really am. You are one of the most influential artists in all of New England from the early 90s to the 2000s. You have a unique voice. You have a unique style of writing. And uh, we're going to be talking to you about every single thing that we could come up with here on the Freestyle Club. That sounds like a, a plan. We're going to have a fun time today. Now, your brand new single, It's Over. It's available right now on all digital distribution sites. The song is about domestic violence. Could you please elaborate a little bit about that song? In the early 2000s, I was in a relationship and I was with someone for about four years. And for the last three years out of the four, we just got into physical fights. And usually I'd always end up being the one losing, you know, always getting banged up. And basically, it's a situation that I I lived. It happened to me. I was in a relationship with someone I really cared about. And um, I allowed for him to physically abuse me for three years. And it was it was really tough. It was it was a really difficult situation. You know, when you're in a situation like that. From a woman's perspective, I feel like you can change a man. That somehow that if you do this better, cook better, look better, be sweeter, that somehow that that behavior will change. And usually guys that are easy with their hands and that can easily disrespect a female, that that usually doesn't change. Like, you know, that there's just those types of guys that they don't have a problem hitting girls. They don't have a problem, you know, manhandling their woman. Sometimes like my topics are tough. You know, this is like a real heavy duty topic to be singing about. And I was really scared about what people were going to think about it in the freestyle community. It's freestyle, very, very descriptive. You yeah, talk about you, him, you know, balling up his fist. They always get you at first with, oh, baby, who are you talking to? Or, or um, where, where are you going? Why, why, you, where, why are you wearing that? Who are you trying to impress? It goes from that to mushing you to your face, to pushing you against the wall, to a slap, to a backhand slap, to a punch to a kick to getting spit at I mean it's it's no joke like women go through a lot like and they stay because they they think they can change him at least that's what I thought did you go through a period in your relationship where you blamed yourself because I know some women do that they they say that it's their fault oh my god you have no idea I'm gonna I'm I not only did I blame myself but it brings you to a situation now with like somebody really close to me who's been married for 19 years and she just found out that her husband was unfaithful to her and I can't imagine that because I was only with the dude for like four years and you know 
you you always blame yourself. She was just talking, asking me like, you know, what do I do to lose some weight? And that broke my heart because she don't need to lose weight. That man was a, a, a dirt bag because he was a dirt bag. It had nothing to do with her appearance, how good she was in bed, what she did for food, how clean she kept her house. When a man is that kind of man who has a wandering eye and he's looking for something, he's going to do it no matter what he has at home. And unfortunately, I do admit that I blame myself and I'm sure a lot of women do. You did something unique when you released It's Over. You also started tagging the hotline, the domestic violence hotline. Why did you choose to do that with this project? Because women who connect to this song are usually going through it at that moment. They're going, they're living through it or they're just getting out of it. And I want them, they're not gonna inbox me and be like, my man beats me. They're not gonna tag me in, in, in public and put that on my timeline. But I want them to be able to see that there is help out there. That you, you if you're not alone, like there is a place that you can call. And I'm not saying, you know, put your man in jail and do crazy stuff but at least get some guidance and somebody to talk to to at least make you know that you're not going crazy, that this shouldn't be happening, that this is not normal. And, and how did you break free? How did, how did you uh, come to that realization that this relationship that you were in that inspired this song was not going to work for you? CPR, we're being honest on the show and I'm keeping it 100. He left me. If he would have stood with me, I would have stood in that situation. Wow. And that's keeping it real. We're going to talk about this during the show, but my circumstance back then was really, really unique um, because of my transition. And I felt really bad about myself. I had really low self-esteem. I was questioning myself in a lot of different ways. And I was vulnerable. I wanted to be loved like all of us do. We all want to be loved. So, you know, I, I was willing to do anything. I was willing to accept anything it got to a point where the dude would cry afterwards like he would hit me and he would start to cry like not cry like you know like crocodile tears like the booger tears like I give him credit that he realized that I wasn't gonna leave and he knew that what he was doing wasn't right and he he made that step to end it ago when you came back to freestyle with I fell in love and we were going to have an interview on the air we we're going to discuss what we're going to discuss I'm now and for some reason you didn't feel that you could and you didn't feel comfortable and so I never pushed it but I was honored back then and I respect the fact that you respected my wishes and that you didn't like throw you know any kind of indirect jabs or you know made me feel uncomfortable about not wanting to, to come you know clean about stuff it's just you know if and, and we're going to talk about it openly. Let's talk about it now. You're the first transgender female freestyle artist in freestyle, period. Yes, I feel very honored and very proud to be the one to to, to be the first at something, damn it. You know what I mean? <laughs> damn, let me be the first at something. And can't nobody take it on the countdown. I'm number one on that forever. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but seriously, like, um, a lot of your, like, most loyal listeners that have been with you for 30 years, they will probably know my story, you know? I came out back then in the late 90s, you know, with, when the whole primetime artistic movement was happening. My name was Omar. After I released those songs, I wasn't out as, as a gay guy at that time. I was very closeted, and this will, will lead back to a conversation that I was having with CPR, that um, back then, you know, 20 plus years ago, being gay or transgendered or lesbian was not what it is today. Today, you asked me before why 
I didn't want to speak upon being transgendered for my my first song because I feel that right now having a transgendered on seems to be the gimmick seems to be the new thing the new fab and I don't want to I don't want to be a Chris Jenner I don't want to I didn't I wanted people to hear my song and like it for what it was not because there was a gimmick behind it and I wanted people to fall in love with the song or like the song for what it is and you know at the right moment in time, I would express all that I could, and the time is now. You know, after after I released those songs, I, as as I just spoke, I I, I wasn't out yet. Um, the, the times were completely different. You couldn't be a feminine gay guy back then. You couldn't you know tweeze your eyebrows or or act overly feminine because everybody was testing you. Everybody was bullying you. Everybody has something to say. Um, you would get fucked up in school. Um, so you know. These queens nowadays, they got it good. They don't know. They don't know what we had to go through. Um, so it was a different time. So it was very difficult to express that part of yourself for a long time. Even back then when I was around you guys, I still would hope and dream that I could wake up and be a straight man. You know what I mean? Who wants to be something that's not average? You know, I don't like to use the word normal because I feel like I'm a normal person, but it's not the average. You know, I know that much. I don't, I'm not somebody who's clouded and likes to tapar el cielo con, con una mano. You know what I mean? It is what it is. I knew you were gay back then. It wasn't something like I confirmed it to anybody. I was holding any guys, hand kissing any guys, you know, and, and I would just, you know, I would just stay to myself. And back then, believe it or not, a lot of artists um, and, and places, you know, they would kind of like, you know, be a little funny towards me in the beginning till they got to know me, like really not know how to approach the situation and not know if it was a good look for them to to be around or associate themselves with me. But it brings me to another point that I want to make. I want to talk about two people and I don't really like talking about people, but I want to bring up two names because these are two names of people that way back then were genuinely kind to me, were people that when I was around these two individuals, um, I could put my guard down and be myself. And I was accepted for who I was. I didn't have to pretend to be anybody. And that is Julio Mena and Wendy. Those two people were so nice to me and so kind to me. They were the only ones really out of a lot of people who always like always made, made sure that I was all right. And I never forget the people who had my back. And, you know, I give them much love because I know they, they are both successful right now. Wendy has a new single that it's like, my, it's my favorite. I said it. Um, and, you know, she's top notch. I, I was just asking about the girl to Willie because I was pitching a song to her that I wanted to do with her. And, you know, I didn't think she was local because, you know, she lives really far. So I was like, how are we, would we ever make that work? But then when I heard she put the single out, you know, I was thirsty and I contacted, contacted her real quick. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was like, Wendy, I'm right here, boo. Like, um, and she didn't know who I was at first. And I had to have this conversation with her. And she was like, get the hell out of here. Like, oh, my God. Um, and. You know, it brings me back to the three years and the song that I put out and then my hiatus and my big disappearing act. And from then, you know, I just went through a lot of stuff, like um, a lot of personal stuff. You know, I had just recently had lost my grandmother when I released my first song. I was in a transition where I was kind of homeless and didn't really have like a secure place to live. I got distant. I don't know. Something happened where I just got real introverted and started really like self-analyzing myself. And I started secluding myself from people and uh, started kind of like working on myself and trying to work out, you know, what my life was going to be like. And, you know, one thing led to another back in the late 90s, like 98, 99, I transitioned into, a, you know, a woman or a transgendered woman. My name is now Jasmine, officially. I cannot stand Omar. I don't know what my mother was thinking. Um, <laughs> I asked her to this day, like, I don't want to say my dad's name, but my dad has one of those names that it could be for, like, both a guy and a girl. And I always tell her, like, yo, Ma, you really did me dirty because you could have gave me daddy's name and I wouldn't even have even had to change my name. Like, you played me. 
you played me with that shit. And she'd be like, I got, my mom tells me that she adopted me from gypsies. That's what she tells me. I worked on myself. I had a lot of self, you know, inner lighting that I had to do and, and, and you know, soul searching and freestyle tar- started taking a turn for the worst. I felt like a lot of like straight up just gawky music coming out. And I started losing like the, the love and the passion for it. I'm not gonna lie. And then I started, um, I got connected with certain people that got me into this lifestyle that opened my eyes that, you know, that first introduced me to what this lifestyle is that brought me into New York, that brought me to, exposed me to this lifestyle. Once I got exposed to this lifestyle, that's when it all made sense to me that that's what I wanted for myself. So I started that process, which was a very long, very hard process. Um, It's not easy. I'm telling you, you know, it's it's you gotta have a lot of balls. Literally, <laughs> even <laughs> literally, um, you you know, you gotta have them because this is not for somebody who's weak-minded. You're not, you know, people are very judgmental. People have a lot to say. People feel like they're entitled to their opinions. People, um, will isolate you or make you feel like you're less than human. It's 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 tough, but you have to know and believe in yourself that you're doing this for yourself, not nobody, not to attract another sex, because it's got nothing to do with attracting a man, because I, I could pull dudes as a boy. I have looked at your, your personal page, like uh, on Facebook and social media. There are some straight dudes in your DMs, I know for a fact, because <laughs> because <laughs> let me tell you, like, and, and I'm sure some of them know and they don't give a shit, you know? Yo. I'll be reading some of the comments. I'm like, yo, I know this dude. He has a girl. I, you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a nasty one right now, and I'm gonna um give you a little bit of tea because I'm telling you, this is this is what what the show is about. It's about getting tea, right, people? Okay, let's give you some tea. There was a DJ very famous that recently hit me up. He did not know my situation, but once he knew about my situation, he was very, very much inclined to still meet with a girl. Wow. And I was very shocked, and I cannot say anything else. A girl don't kiss and tell. Subscribe to the Freestyle Club. On Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. The Freestyle Club. The Freestyle Club. Let's talk freestyle. Coming out, whether it's lesbian, bisexual, gay, or, or transgender, it's a scary proposition. Uh, how did your family take it? When my dad first found out that he had a gay son, he disowned me. And my mom, she didn't have a problem with me being being a gay guy. She did not want me to transition in the beginning. She, it wasn't because I was transitioning. She just felt like I was going to be living a really hard life. And she didn't want me to have have to deal with that. She didn't want me to have to go through that. And she wanted to avoid the pain that comes from that. And she, she was like not really with it in the beginning. People probably don't understand that transgender people suffer a lot. You know, the the majority of transgender people live in poverty. No, you know, it's close, true. It's true. We we but you know, it, we all, look because we're not. We, it's not like you're singling anybody out. It's like we we all there's of every part of community: white, black, Puerto Rican, Chinese, whatever, gay, lesbian, straight. We all go through stuff, you know, and the transgender community, they have their own set of like shit that they have to deal with. And it's not fun. You know what I mean? Transgenders suffer as a group more than any other group when it comes to homelessness, poverty, unemployment rates are higher. Suicide rates are much, much higher. I am so happy that you mentioned that because I am a hairdresser by trade and I've been doing hair since 1996. Um, And... When I was a flamboyant gay dude, I can get a job anywhere and I could do no wrong. I can be as flamboyant, as loud, as tacky of a queen as, as ever. Um, and I would get applauded. I would get claps. Um, me now, as, as a transgendered woman trying to get a job in a salon, I get discriminated against because they don't know what to do with me. They feel like the clientele is gonna feel uncomfortable and not know where to put me. So. You go figure that you would think that the gay community is the most influential in the hair and makeup game, that I should have no problem finding a job 
it's you very prefer- difficult getting a job you know it's 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 not easy and you know it's a lot easier for those who are passable you know who actually can go through society and and not be ridiculed every five minutes you know what i mean who can get on a city bus and and be okay and not get jumped but not every transsexual is fortunate or or have the financial means to um make their appearance look as feminine and and they get it even worse you know what I mean? They and and they're still living their truth, but you know, people are cruel. Right, and and I bring this up because I know there are some people out there that will say it's just a gimmick. They don't, but they don't understand consequences. I want to make a statement because it's it's how I feel about it. People always ask me, "Yeah, did you always feel like a woman?" And I'd be looking at them like with three heads. What do you mean? Do I feel like a woman? I've never been a woman to know what it's like to be a woman. What I do know is is that I am not a normal male. I have way more extra femininity in me than a normal guy. When you were watching football and worrying about girls and playing with with tetas, I was playing with Barbies and Jem and My Little Ponies. And if you got me dirty, I would cry. Well, you said that your father had disowned you and your mother didn't want you to transition. How did your peers in your industry? I'm sorry, my peers? Yes. At that time? How did it artist? I, I I was lucky, and I think that I did it calculated. Calculated. It was a calculated move, if you really think about it, because I was not in any music genre atmosphere at all. I I had stopped music completely. I was living a different life. It was a completely different life. It had nothing to do with creating music in any kind of capacity. So my peers didn't know. My, my my fellow artists didn't know at the time. I remember one time hitting up Julio Mena. This is like three or four years before I released I Fell In Love because I found him on Facebook because he had released a song and he was in Bridgeport and he performed and I found the flyer and I was like, do you know who this is? And when I told him, he was like, get the fuck out of here. And that was pretty much the only person who knew about my transition years before um it was you know like you know spoken about or me coming back to doing well, music. I have to be honest I knew when it happened like I've you known did? yes oh. I've known forever but um I didn't yes I don't I don't doubt it because you know everybody well <laughs> I knew for a long time I just didn't know how to approach you or if you wanted to be approached. So I just let it happen naturally and it did. You you came back to our music two years ago. But one thing that I, I witnessed myself and that is there are other artists in our genre of music that are gay or were struggling with their identity. And at that time, there was a couple of people that you helped directly work through some other issues because you will speak to them, you will be on the phone with them all the time. And at that time, they didn't have 24-hour free calling. You got to designate the times that you call someone because the bill will come out astronomically big. There's no, you know, calling free anywhere in, in 1995, 96 around there. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I commend you for that because you, you did a good job and you, you didn't you, have right? to. You were yeah. struggling with your own shit, but you yeah. were taking the time, you were taking the time to, to take because- care of somebody else. You know, like, honestly, that's one skill that I know that I have. I'm a very empathetic person. I I love to put myself in other people's shoes. I, I want to feel what it would be like to be in that position. Like, and then I make my judgment. Because, yes, I'm a judgmental person like everybody else. But before I just go straight out and judge you, I want to know what you're what your what your story's about because your story could be different and everybody's story is different and the gentleman that you're talking about you know everybody assumes being gay means being flamboyant wearing makeup and and wanting to wear high heels and in purses and stuff and there's all different types of gay people there's gay men that you would never you i would never i would not have no idea like you they are men who just happen to like men you know they play football they but they just happen to like men you know they weren't out bogeying femme at a club nowhere and doing none of that so you know it's hard and it's really hard for those guys because when those kinds of guys have to come out they feel like they need to lose their masculinity in order to to announce to the world of their sexuality and you know i was always extra feminine so that wasn't a, a particular thing for me but i understood that you know 
it's difficult. And for anyone that I could have helped out, I, al I always try to help out. My next question is, Jose, how did you take it? How did I take the transition? Yeah, uh, when, you, when you first found out. When you I, first found I was truly really happy for you because I know that part of you wanted this transition to happen. It wasn't easy for you to be yourself in front of others. And so when I started finding out that you were transitioning and I did find out back then that your name was Jasmine. I thought it was a, a great thing for you and I couldn't wait for you to embrace it so you could see that there are parts of this world that want to welcome you. I, I appreciate that. that if you remember very... when you first came out when I fell in love, they wanted to book you in New York at this big gay club in New York and I told you about it. I'm like, this would be great and a lot of the, your peers that knew what your transition, they were also mm -hmm. very supportive. There's not anyone that I know that has not been supportive. There were people when you released your new song, It's Over, uh, they were in the studio that know you. Jay Adams was there, George Anthony, Shy, and everybody was celebrating you. And I, I don't think it matters. And I've always I've always respected you the way that you are. To me, you're a woman and you will always be a woman. And that's why when I did the, the top 10 female artists from New England. I uh, know, I had you're to, so kind that you made me feel so special, Jose. You put in a lot of effort. There's a lot of people out there that when you were Omar, they always wanted to know what happened to you. I just didn't think it was my place to let them know. And the funniest thing that ever happened to me, and, and I will talk about this now because I can, was that when you first came out with I Fell In Love, there was a specific fan that saw your picture and saw the photos that you were putting out for promotion for I Fell In Love. And they were like, yo, CPR, you got to hook me up. You got to <laughs> hook me up. And I'm like, I I can't hook you up. That's not that's not on me to hook you up, you know? He goes, yo. You yourself out of that situation she was she was like yo she's she's beautiful she's fly i'm like great so why don't you go ahead and hit her up you know what oh, i mean my God. it's like oh, my i God. can't oh, i can't help you you know you you couldn't really speak on it so you're stuck you want to help your boy out but then at the same time you want to help me out and then he got vulgar i mean he got really vulgar you know what i mean oh. and i wish that i could repeat the things that he said <laughs> But I, I won't. I don't, I don't even know if they're still on social media still. And, but and they'll know who they are when they hear this. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to react or whatever, but uh, I just I just thought it was hilarious. And like I said, I've seen a bunch of straight men on your DMs and they're like... I'm very I flattered. And you know what, Jose? And you know this about me. I'm one of those people. I give respect because I want to be treated a certain kind of way. I've never been one of those type of people who fools dudes, who... let kisses on dudes or let dudes fill me up or buy me drinks or rap to me for a little too long. I, I'm comfortable with who I am. You know, I am who I am. And if I have nothing to be ashamed or embarrassed about, and you know, like, I'm not going to lie to you. If I meet a dude somewhere and I don't feel like it's the right moment in time to be like, you know, I'm a transgendered person. I'll, you know, let exchange the numbers. But the first thing I tell you when I, ex you know, exchange that first text is, hey, by the way, this and this and this, you know, let you know what you're getting yourself into. And most dudes that are not with it, they tell me, mommy, thank you. You're beautiful. I appreciate that. Thank you for looking out. Have a blessed day. Because I'm not trying to be a grimy bitch out there and, and do, you know, some voodoo stuff to, to dudes. I don't do that. I, I don't play those games. I want to live. I don't want to die. That's how you die. Yeah, you're right. And uh, I, I invited you to Freestyle Fridays Live as soon as uh, I Fell in Love was released. And the invitation is still there. I'm looking forward to putting another I'm one coming. together. I, and I want you to be there. And I just want you to know that you are accepted, especially by me. And you've always been accepted. I will still joke and with I, you. So, and, I, and, and likewise for you, you get nothing but love and respect and support for me even if i'm not on the countdown <laughs> uh, that's just you this is freestyle club with your hosts the unknown admin rafael reyes and cpr jose ortiz I'm just curious. So how is the relationship going to change between you guys? Jose, are you still going to treat her like an asshole or are you just going to be now a gentleman? No, no. Uh, um, no. The, no, he the, needs to be a, an asshole gentleman. He cannot be different. <laughs> no, I, be, I think yeah. that the, the fact that you are brave enough to come on this show and discuss this, to me, there's a certain level of respect. And so there's a line that I've put over two years ago. And even when I first started listening to others tell me about your transition, that 
that respect was there, but when you came back into the freestyle community and I want you to feel welcome, for me, I'm doing everything in my power to not fall into that situation of saying things that are vulgar or saying things that might be disrespectful. I still got the text of me telling you, like, yo, like, this is a new world, you know, like, you would be welcome with open arms and 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 I, I text you and I saved them because I, I wanted to replay that for you after and, and I just want to tell you, look, it, it doesn't matter, you know, like, it, it's, a, it's a new world. I know that there are places that are still pig-headed backwards. and they're yeah. backwards, but the fact is, is that there's a big level of respect right now that I have for you for being so brave and for being the first transgender female freestyle singer to be in our community and and talk about and it, ta- and, and talk about it and yeah. and we should, we should celebrate it as well, you know. Yeah, um, like it's normalcy to me, so it's a little different. But I I appreciate you. You've always supported my music, even if you didn't like my jokes, even if we were going at each other. One thing, and that's how I know that you're that man because back then when we used to go at it, it we used to get into it, and me and you would be like really really going at it and. You would still play my song, even if you didn't like me, even oh. if you were mad as hell at me. I know it's one of my favorite songs of the entire New England freestyle history. As a matter of fact, I asked Edwin Ramos if I could use that song to put it on New England Freestyle Classics back in 2002. And um, I still have the contract where he sent me the permission to use that song. Cause, use it. Cause use it. That's your song. That song, we did that song for you. That song is all you. That's that love. Song. I love I Know. It's, it's just the words are I, ridiculous. You know what? Believe it or not, I'm going to be honest because I keep it real. Like, that song was the song that I sound the most freestyle. I have like the classic freestyle sound. The music was right. The lyrics were right. The way that I sang it was 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 right. And it's the best ad libs that I've ever done. want to talk about real quick before we go into any anything else how did i even meet edwin how did that whole situation happen i remember a friend of mine named chrisolo from school who was a rapper who was really good he was a dominican dude and he was really good and he used to work with different producers and one of those producers happened to be edwin and the 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 guy um the Chris Folo guy, he he was really nice guy with me and, and you know, I thought that I could sing and, and I used to, you know, sing a little bit here and there. And he was like, Jazz, you know, hook up with Edwin, this this producer, he's very talented and, and I think you and him could, could, you know, do good things together. And that's how it all started. I got introduced to Edwin at the age of 17. I remember that I asked my mom for the money for my first two songs and my mom was like she wasn't trying to offload her no money she was <laughs> like uh-uh i gotta meet this dude that i'm that you're talking about edwin had to come to my house and meet my mother the craziest shit was my mother was like ¿Y tú crees que mi hijo sabe cantar? thanks for the support mom i'm surprised that your mom was like ¿Tú qué? ¿Cuánto chavo? Coge estos tres pelos de la I just want to stop here and just uh, reset and go back for a moment because I know there's a lot of people and I was one of them until my my, uh, actually my employer had sensitivity training for uh, transgender. We had transgender sensitivity training at my job. So I know a little bit about it more than I did now. But I know there's a lot of other people that may not know what it entails. So if you can just go back maybe and, and talk about a little bit about the transitioning process. Uh, was it a gradual change? Was there a requirement to change your, your name legally or some other documents, you know, whether hormonal treatment, surgery, you know, just to give a people uh, an idea of what you had to go through. This wasn't something that just one night you woke up and say, I want to be a girl. A girl, right. Um, I want to say thank you for asking the questions because we could be really helping out to inform people with with some good education and i i this is important that you asked and that you brought it up growing up i didn't want to i didn't want to be gay 
and I would cry to God and I would pray to God, please, please make me straight. I want to wake up straight. I want to wake up straight. I don't want to be gay. I didn't want to be gay. Then when I finally did the coming out and stuff, I got you know introduced to the gay community and I didn't really, I didn't feel like that was fulfilling. Like I love being around my community. There's no people who have a better time than the gay people. Let me tell you, baby, nobody knows how to party like we do. I just still felt like there was something missing and one of my best friends of god i don't know how many years over 30 years um one day was just like you're so pretty and you know you wear makeup and you know you should just just why don't you just try wearing a wig and just let's just go out with you wearing a wig and i was like are you crazy like what like what is I, I was like you know confused like I really didn't understand it was but I you know after her um being kind of persistent I I I I, I said okay you know what's I, I'm already wearing all this makeup what's the next step of just putting on a wig and, and and going out there let's see what happens I can honestly say that I and I'm blessed that my mom passed down some some really good genes because you know in the beginning my very first 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 night that i that i got dressed up i have pictures of that night and i have to tell you that i i i'm still impressed cuz i mean i still had a lot of work to go through and a lot to do to to get to where i'm at now which we'll talk about now but i started with a good foundation you know what i mean i had something good to work with so i knew that with with hard work and effort there could be an outcome where i could look and, and present myself to the world the way that I wanted to and the way that I felt inside. Everything starts off very slowly. You don't start off, you know, living as a woman. You go gradually. It goes from you wearing makeup to, you know, then, you know, trying some hair extensions to wearing a wig to then, you know, maybe wearing high heels um, around your private you know, close friends. Then you just, you're testing the waters to see how people react to you. The more comfortable that you get, then, you know, you there'll come a, a moment where you have to pull the trigger and say, okay, well, today I'm actually going to get dressed up as, you know, a female and I'm going to present myself as a female. And I'll never forget the day that it happened for me. I told you I'm a hairdresser. I worked at a salon. There was a barber. I won't name his name. And um, I was out of the closet at this point and gay as hell. I was gay as hell. Um, I was one of those queens that was loud and obnoxious and all over the place. And, you know, I, we had like four barbers. Um, and, you know, these are like macho dudes that are like, you know, they talk really deep and they don't smile and they don't laugh and they don't have a good time because they're a man. You know, you know, those kind of guys that they're super tough. And I will never forget the day that for me that I, I, I actually lived as a woman. I, um did a weave on my head I had put I had installed uh um some some you know hair extensions in my hair and it was short it wasn't like a like I was trying to rock long hair all of a sudden I it was like a pixie cut for those who know what a pixie cut is it was a pixie cut that I did and it was a razor cut and it was really short it was really feathered almost like a something like a Justin Bieber from when back when he started and you know for back then that was a feminine hairstyle for a male and i remember that he walked in that morning and i was at the cash register sitting down and when um he saw me he was like oh shit one day living as a man and now you're living as a woman and he always referred to me as a lady after that and that made me feel like if this super alpha male can see me as a woman without me having any work done, without me having any kind of help, hormones or anything, just me with makeup and some extensions. If he can see that and he feels that that's what I'm trying to do, then I'm, I'm in the right path. So I would look for clues in society to know if, if I was making a good decision or not, because I particularly didn't want to be one of those girls that um, couldn't walk to a grocery store without people gawking at you. I can go anywhere and do anything and nobody knows anything, you know, and I don't have to wear an ounce of makeup and I don't have to get dressed up and push my titties out or do none of that extra. I can just put my little chancletas with my little, you know, mama jeans and go to the store and, you know, the boys be hollering. But 
I'm I'm a grown lady now. I'm not in that into that. I've um kind of given up on relationships, so my songs are gonna get boring. Um, <laughs> I um I you know I'm back to the the whole transitioning thing. You know, it goes. You know, then you start taking hormones. <clears throat> um, you know, you have to go to a doctor for that. A doctor has to prescribe you. He has to make sure that you're in your right mind. That you're that you're aware of what these uh, symptoms will be of taking this drug and that they're irreversible, that you won't be able to have children, that you are going to grow breast tissue, that your voice is going to change, that, you know, you're every so many different changes that happen with hormones. And then come a lot of the aesthetic stuff, which is very pricey and it's very costly. Um, a lot of surgeries, a lot, a lot of surgeries, a lot of cosmetic procedures. Um, you have to work hard. You have to dedicate yourself and say nothing's going to stop you. And so you get to where you want and keep your eye on the prize. And no matter how long it takes, I can honestly tell you it took me 10 years to be where I could say that I feel like I'm, I'm good. Like, you know, I'm straight. It took me a long time, a long, long time to feel like, you know, not not kind of like going out like you know is this one looking at me like does he know like you know now i could give a shit did you have to legally change your name or... oh yeah i did i did that back in the early 2000s and i must say that the the woman beater went with me he held my hand and um we went before the judge and um that was a good memory between me and the bastard he was there the day that um that i changed my name i'll never forget that it was a very special day I want to commend you for, again, allowing us to discuss this during the Freestyle Club and this podcast. It's something that if you can help someone in any way, shape, or form, I hope that this is an inspiration to them, especially for someone that is either in a domestic violence situation in regards to your new song, but also anyone that may be thinking about transitioning and may may not know what it takes and may need some information that you're providing right now. This is like the most educational podcast we've put together. It's not something that we practiced or it's not something that we meant to do. I'm I thank you. I'm happy to be a part of it. I'm honored when you mentioned to me about being on the podcast. Like, you have the text that I sent you. I was, like, blown away because it's crazy because the night before I was sitting down, I was listening to Willie's story, and they were very, like, inspirational and honest, and they talked about being their true selves. And I was telling Ed when I was like, Ed, like, maybe you should you should do the podcast because, you know, I could join you. They're not going to have me because I ain't nobody but you. You're interesting. So why don't you know, let's 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 see about getting you up there. And Edwin's like, I, you know, Edwin's 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 over me. He's like completely over me. He doesn't. I, I just want to make it public that when Jose told me and he just told me this a couple of days ago in a text message. The, the first thing I told him, and he can verify this, is I don't want to fuck it up. Yeah. Because it's too important. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I like to have different perspectives because, and I think that your perspective is very important because there's going to be a lot of straight men listening to this that are not like CPR who are cool with being with all different types of people. He's in, in the artist realm. So when you're with the artist realm, you have to be around artistic people. You get all kinds of fruit cups and fruit cakes of all, all kinds, shapes, and sizes. You're in the artistic realm. But, you know, from what I hear from you, you sound like, you know, one of those very, you know, manly men who really don't understand, you know, what happens. And, and you're really just honestly making honest questions. You want to know. You don't want to hear um you know what ifs you want to hear from the horse's mouth so i appreciate you asking your questions because there are people who need to know and like there's i want to make it clear there's all different types of people like for me for instance like when i said that i don't particularly can say that i know what it's like to feel like a woman there are transgendered women who feel like they're women they go through the whole transition. They believe that they were born in the wrong body and they they don't even want to ever think about the fact that they their past lives. They don't want to ever, you know, there's and, and I respect that. I, I'm all right. I have one of my very good friends who did the transition and she's super private and she doesn't know anybody. She's brand new. She doesn't know anybody. And I, you know, I respect that. So there's all different types of, of people in a category. Not everybody's the same. I'm glad that you're on here too, because again, there's always, you know, like, especially media these days, 
um, especially media that um, is not open-minded, they always go to that narrative, you know? If a person transitions or if a, a man marries a man or a woman marries another woman, what is next? Are we going to marry animals? You know, things like that. That <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And so I like that humanistic side of having a conversation and finding from the, from the person. I've never had an issue with people who are transgender because ever since I was a kid, I knew someone who was transgender back then. And um, unfortunately, she died of AIDS. She was one of the first uh, first people that um, died of AIDS. I know. Yeah, I was. Before we knew what it was, before they'd even have a name, like... Her name was Gita. They they called her La, La Gita, and uh, I was eight years old back then, and and uh, I knew what a transgender a person was because for me, when my father left, my uncle who is gay, he raised me for a good portion of my young life. To me, it's normal to be around the the gay community. I'm proud of that. One of my favorite gigs ever was DJing at a at a gay bar in Northampton called the the North Star. And you saw everybody dancing and having a good time. Never right? never an issue. Never never. never Never, no problems, no drama, no nothing. Nothing. Just the best. We have the best drag shows. Like, the best times of my life was going to see La India when she performed that crash in Queens. Like, the the gays, like, you know, they... they... There's a lot of straight people going to gay bars to chill because... Oh, no, back then, back then, the the title song for that one, The Gays, The Straights, Bisexuals, Transsexuals, We're Here. That was the name of the the title song for that that particular era. It was a mesh of... You figure... I I was the gay boy, but I had a straight girlfriend, and she had her, her boyfriend with her, and we wanted to go out and we're all cool. He don't got a problem with me being gay, but we wanted to have a good time and we want to go to the club. So of course he's straight. There's straight people that that would be there all the time. Not everybody who goes to a gay club is gay. When I was DJing at North Star, I was also going to college. I was doing CPR's clubhouse. I met this woman, gorgeous. I don't want to mention her name, but uh, I invited her to the North Star. It was Thursday nights I used to do there. I'm going there. It's early in the night. I'm setting up as a DJ and she shows up. And I'm like, oh shit, she's here for me. You know what I mean? And so I go, the booth was like a like a clubhouse. You had to go upstairs and stuff like that. But there was a VIP area. So I said, you know what? Here's a couple drinks. Uh, take a seat. I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going to set this up. And I'm like, damn, I can't believe it. Yo, I, I've had a crush on this woman that's been in my class and she's here for me after I invited her. And then her friend came along. They were sitting together and I'm like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. And I'm like, oh, cool. You know, she brought her friend. I got her friend drinks too. I go upstairs. I look back down. They're making out. And I'm like, she's not here for me. She's not here for me at all. Who are some of your I'm favorites? Right now, like um, Wendy, of course. Um, I like... Um, shy, I like. Um, I I really really love, and I like play it when I'm like feeling down. Um, the Rudy Fausto song, the Without You song. Yes. Or I that song like it it make to me that's what I that's what I be trying to say. It's not that you got to have the best producer or the best voice, but all right, if you're not the best producer and or you don't have the best producer and you don't have the best voice, then goddamn, be the best at writing. Right, something that makes people move, that 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 evokes a feeling out of people. Like that's when I hear a song, I'm not hearing it because I want to hear how a great production you did, or I want to hear, you know, um, the detail of your technique of singing. I'm hearing it because of your message. I'm hearing it because I want to feel something, and that's what I think got lost in freestyle. Like people just automatically, everybody thought they could be a freestyle artist. Um, everybody thought that they could be a singer. Everybody thought that, you know, and I'm not knocking you. If you think that's what you could do, go for it. Try, you know, honing on your craft and work at it. Can I ask you about our area for a second? Now yeah. that you're discussing that, was I wrong when I said that we were oversaturating our New England market with shitty freestyle music? No, no, not at all. And can I be honest with you that? I, and I'm just being real, like I said, and I'll stress it again, I'm not the best thing, I'm not the best songwriter, and yes, I do think I have one of the best producers, I'm not gonna apologize for that. I'm not the best of anything, but I do feel like putting out crap, like I was scared that my song was gonna be with a whole bunch of crap, next to a whole bunch of crap. Like, I, and, and I, I'm just being real. I, I did not want my song to be played with a whole bunch of crap. The fact that I hear Jay, I hear Wendy, I hear, um, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but the voices in my head song. Aki um, Star. Yeah, I, Aki Star. Like, 
you know, like that is motivating to me. Like, okay, all right, I see the girls are coming, I see the boys are coming. Okay, I gotta step up my game. I but I, I wish, but I wish that we still had that here in New England. In New England, we have Misty, we have Jasmine Dennis, we have Marisol, we have Adelise, and we had Jessica, Tara Rochello. We just had these great, great singers, and then you know there were companies that were just putting out La Comay from the corner, uh, Carmen La Puta, you know, like Mr. Chochibiting, you know what I mean? I don't want to mention any names because I don't want nobody, nobody calling me, but there was a lot of crappy, crappy freestyle coming from this area, and we killed Mr. Musica with all yes. that bad Let music. Let me tell you, I, I'm privileged to say that I, and, and that's why I'm, I'm throwing shade to all the new artists. Y'all don't know the beauty that we had, the moments that we shared, going to Mr. Musica, seeing your CD there. You know, back then, it's not like now that anybody can download a song and put it on iTunes and you're an artist. Back then, you had to have a label to believe in your in your talent, to believe in paying for that production, to believe in putting you out and, and promoting you and distributing you. Just, it was an honor to have someone believe in your talent enough to put you out. So to see your song and your CD cassette at fucking Mr. Musica, that's like back then to us, and you know it, to us, we made it. We were like, shit. <laughs> That's where I developed my reputation because I would tell people don't don't put out bad vocalists. Try to mimic or try to copy or try to do what artistic is doing because they're taking people from our area and putting them on compilations and it's it, they're sounding great. When you hear Freestyle Parade Volume Two and you have so many New England talent on there, vocal image, you have Stephanie Marie, you have Marisol, you know, and and they're all representing this area. And I'm like, that's what you want to mimic. And everyone's like, let's let's get let's have a meeting at the Hartford Public Library and let's kick CP. Out, CPR out of the um, all the radio stations because and then they started putting out people that just didn't know how to sing and to me when I first started I thought I was shitty I, I mean just to be honest like I just didn't think I was good I, I thought that I had some potential and that's all that I thought I had I was like I think I can do something but you know I, I, I don't know I don't know if this is for me like I wasn't confident and I have to be honest with you like Edwin is somebody who because he's known me since I was a kid he is super hard on me you guys so you know if if i sound any kind of good i credit edwin because he pushes me every single time like in the studio like yo you sound whack you sound corny i don't like the sound and texture of your voice you're supposed to be a professional yo you're supposed to come in here and do this in one in one shot i'm tired of this he's no joke no joke but you swallow it out as, as an artist and he sometimes I feel like he does it to piss me off so that I can really like get mad and get into it and you know well the proof is in the pudding you have I fell you in love you, can't you get, have exactly, I know you can't get mad at the end you just want to give him a hug because he makes you sound like amazing and it, it's like yo like he's he's just I, I mean there's a lot Santana twins those men are amazing they you know that Wendy production is kicking some ass right now like that's just that's the that's that shit right now like I keep it real that's that shit right now um that production is fuego and you know uh Willie is Willie is Willie I don't even need to say his last name so those two men aside from Edwin and I've I don't mean to be disrespectful. I just recently got introduced to the the Shy song, and I've I've heard of, of Jay Adams, and from what I'm hearing from that song, that's an amazing production. So you know there are, are talented pro producers out there. People need to stop being cheap and pay these producers what they deserve. They ain't working for free, and they gotta pay bills. Well, the ones and that are working for free, you can tell. Yeah, you know, like, they're not working for free. They got bills to pay. They got mouths to feed. They got families and people to take care of. They're not doing this to for shits and giggles for, for to get likes and comments. They're doing this for a living, you know what I mean? Like, this is their livelihood. And a lot of people in the freestyle industry, they don't like to pay. You know what I mean? Like, I pay Edwin top dollar. You know, yeah, I get a little jazzy discount. I'm not going to lie because I'll start crying, and I'm good at that. Um, but, but, you know, I'm still paying good money. Like, you know what I mean? For productions. Like, I want good productions. If I'm going to work with Willie, I'm going to pay him good money. If I'm going to work with the Santana Twins, I'm going to pay good money because I want a good song. You know what I mean? I don't want a crappy song. I well, want we somebody need, who's... 
we need a Jasmine Dude, Dennis album. So, you know, we, you have I Know, you have uh, I Fell In Love, you have Sticks and Stones, and you have other songs too. So what's going on with this album? I think it's I, time. I agree with you, and I've spoken to one label, and the minute that I started throwing the names of the people that I want to work with, they obviously knew what their budgets are like and they weren't too happy with the budget. So that kind of, I think, fine, kind of fizzled out. I don't think that that deal is going to happen. Um, it's with a freestyle label. Um, and then there's another uh, label that I contacted with that I would like to work with in the future. And that's all I want to say about that. As far as an album, I, you know, you guys, I'm a hairdresser on a hairdresser budget trying to... Um, come come up with magic over here and you know edwin will only have so much charity that he's willing to give so you know um i you know could only put out so many songs if it was up to me i would have already given you a double cd but i can't afford it it's it's very difficult i'm i'm on a budget and i need to come up with the money for productions and you know right now i'm taking it one song at a time but i feel you cpr i would love to have an album i would like to put some a package together of like four or five songs that have never been heard i want want to work with different writers i want i want other writers to challenge themselves to write something very unique and different um and that moves people and i want new material i i want to work with other vocalists for for different things you know i i have ideas of people that i want to work with i haven't approached them yet because you know money talks bullshit walks so and i'm, I'm i've always been I'm, my grandmother you know raised me like that you know yeah. i until I, so i don't have the money in my hands i don't that's because she um, that's because she doesn't want nobody sacando todo en cara yeah no yeah I, yo no sé pero la viejita que yo me la bendiga donde ella esté en el cielo pues siempre ella ella si tú no tienes los chavos y, y eso de estar pidiendo y, 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 I, you know you gotta you know i like that back to the freestyle stuff you know like i wish people that that really feel like they're singers get opinions from your family get opinions from your friends if you think you know like i said maybe you might not be the best vocalist but you're really good at writing or you could become a really good writer write down how i do my my, my i don't process. even I, i'm sorry i don't even answer those anymore i'm from now on <laughs> nobody better ask me their opinion on anything i i could tell you that jose was right when he said that um the proof was in the pitting because Jose can tell you, I'm notorious when it comes to taking long breaks and when doing uh, freestyle mixes because I need to feel the songs. Right. And I heard Sticks and Stones. Now I can sit down and have some fun. As a DJ, you want to you want to dance while you while you're mixing. You know, you want to yeah. get it. But if the songs don't move you, I, I just put it to the side. I, you know, I got tired of putting whack well, mixes. Like your job is listening to music on a daily day basis, so it's like this is in your ears. Like people don't get it when you have something blasting in your ears, and if it's not good quality or it's not mixed properly, like your head starts to hurt. Literally, like legit. Like you can't work under those conditions. I get it. Yeah. You know, and those are the it, free, it, those are the free freestyle DJs or free freestyle producers that uh, are doing remixes for free, and no. uh, those are the ones that come back with some off sync stuff. Drives me no. nuts. I I feel like if you want good quality stuff, you have to pay for it. Um, the producers are out there; they're willing to work with the artists, and these are producers that if you think you're a singer and you go to these producers and you sing for them, they're gonna tell you to your face whether you can sing or not. They're not going to take your money and make a fool out of you because they're not going to make a fool out of themselves. That's how you're going to know if you can sing, if you got it or if you don't, because that's how you know. And and you'd rather find that out before you make a fool out of yourself in the public eye. So, you know, and it, which brings me back to performing. Like, I want to talk about this because the reason that I really wanted to do this show is because... I'm an incognito kind of person where I haven't done no performances anywhere. I haven't done no appearances anywhere. I've been super corny and not going to see CPR. And I don't want the fans or CPR to think that I think that I'm bougie, that I think I'm too good, that I think that I'm just too high to high to be going anywhere. I am a bitch who has a nervous condition. I It was back then when when i was living as a as a as a regular gay guy i would have a nervous breakdown before i had to go on stage and now 
because of my transition, it's even more nerve wracking. So, you know, it's just a nerve thing that I'm like just a nervous wreck over being in front of all those people and, you know, just having to perform and not have your voice shaking and shit from from fear of of being up there you know what i mean so i've always said it my strength has been the studio my strength has been writing my strength is in the creative process i wish i was one of those people who could dance and who could um perform and really like you know i don't know uh i don't know capture you i hope i can do that with my song but i i don't i don't do i don't do tricks <laughs> and i'm not really i don't know i'm just kind of shy and but you're also you're also helping others as well cuz you're writing for others as well yes and i i want to work with anybody look people like you 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 hit me up in my inbox you ask me for some help i think that you're serious about what you're doing and you're serious about who you're planning to work with you know, if I think that you're a serious person and you're serious about your stuff, I'm going to help you. And that's just that. And I don't care. And like I said, you don't have to be the best at anything. I'm willing to like there was a moment there where I was thinking like, you know, I'm getting too old for this. I want to start finding new, new talent myself. Who, who Who's out there that think they could sing that's hit my inbox up so I can see if we can develop you because I got the producers. I, I know the people who we can get the songs in the right places. You know, we can get you some good writing and good material. You know what I mean? Developing new talent and developing the next generation. Like, what's going on with Willie? Like, did you see the video that he posted of her playing, I think it's a ukulele? Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I'm not even going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. Lily Rose, Lily Rose is like a prodigy. and With parents like that, you, I mean, honestly, imagine if poor Lily couldn't, couldn't sing. She would have been miserable because to have both parents like that be superstars in the music business and then you not to be talented, the poor, the poor thing. But look at her. She's mm -hmm. like super talented. I mean, I wish I could sing half as good now as she's singing at 10 years old. Like, you know, super talented. The sky's the limit for her and I want to see more of that. I want to see more young people getting into the business. I want to see a new generation of artists coming and being developed. I'm tired of you old bitches. I want to see the new generation. I want to start <laughs> developing the new generation. I'm tired of you old bitches. I'm tired of you old bitches. Is that the title of your album? <laughs> yeah. People are going to be like, I'm tired of your old ass too, Jazz. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like, you know, it's like, I want to hear fresh me. I want to hear something new and... I feel like, you know, what we should be doing is we should be encouraging the new generation to come out and to find the love for freestyle because freestyle is going to always live and it's up to us to pass it on from generation to generation and not, not let the next generation forget. So bringing a Lily Rose, I think there's another young lady that I saw. There, I there are actually three. There's uh, Natalia, there's okay. Alexia. And, uh, Alexia is the one I was talking about. And I Lily Rose. song. But, you know, I saw the promo that they did for her and I, I found it to be really very cute. Like, that's, that's if you ask me, that's where my mind is in freestyle right now. Like, I, I want to think about the new generation. Like, you know, the old generation had its time. We had our time to shine. We had our moments. Um, it's time to take a bow and open the way for the new generation. This is the Freestyle Club Pick Hit of the Week. Welcome to the Pick Hit of the Week. It is customary for our guests to be first. So Jasmine Dennis, what is your Pick Hit of the Week? Uh, if I tell you by the one and only, the iconic voice of Freestyle, Miss Wendy. <laughs> Ralph, what is your pick hit of the week? Lily Rose Magical.
I'm going to go with my guest this week. A very important message. I'm going to go with Jasmine Dennis. It's over. And uh, we're going to provide the hotline at the end of the podcast where you can call if you are in a domestic violence situation. Jasmine Dennis, where can they find you on social media? Well, I'm under Jazzy Jazz, um, J-A-Z-Y face J-A-Z-Y. And your songs are available on iTunes and Google Play Music? Yes, and they're also on Spotify, they're on Amazon, they're everywhere and anywhere that um, I could get them. They're, all of them should be up there. I Fell In Love is up there right now, It's Over is up there right now, and I believe that Sticks and Stones is up there as well. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week on the Freestyle Club. Thank you very much for having me. I feel honored, I feel blessed, I had fun. Thank you for everything. Subscribe to the Freestyle Club. On Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Google Play, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Stitcher. The Freestyle Club. The Freestyle Club. Let's talk freestyle. Well, that about wraps it up for this week's edition of the Freestyle Club. My name is CPR Jose Ortiz. He's the unknown admin. Until next time. Peace, love, and freestyle. Domestic abuse isn't always physical. Any behavior used to control, intimidate, or cause fear is abusive. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 1-800-799-7233 or visit the National Domestic Violence Hotline at www.thehotline.org.